0: The world has stopped. This doesn't make sense
1: anymore. Vibrant, exotic, erotic, rich, elegant, perverse, descriptive. Hello, welcome to The News Agents, a special in the studio celebrating women. Awesome science fiction audio and back to slut shaming, or rather, what are you having with a wink? and walk into the back forest, where she gets her breasts out for the deer to suckle in the back room. I can, she said, imagine myself blurbing a book, predictably, sneers, because then I could preen myself, but I cannot imagine myself blurbing a book, and hence no No writing by by women, women. gentlemen, I just don't belong here, exclusively male, like a club or a locker room but foolishness. Gentlemen, I just don't belong here. She wrote what they call an occult classic. Women were writing science fiction, using buried memory Of obscure and ancient pasts to uniquely color and flavor a novel. She was one of the women from the birth of science fiction. Startlingly original, yet to be fully appreciated. Analyzing talking about the mind-brain interface. The family life, the sexual life, disappears in women's science fiction writing. Social analysis. She was fully into the zeitgeist of the era, this questioning of social structure. In Britain, we have Tanith Lee. Tanith Lee worked in many different genres. Um, the Flat Earth series that she created, inspired by a game she played with her mother, which reminds me of the Brontes, when they were young women and they created their own, their own glass town, their own universe, wrote tiny, 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 tiny books with characters, with wars, with countries, world-building. Mm. The Vagina Asteroids Vibrant, exotic, erotic, rich, elegant, perverse. Mm. Mm. The vagina asteroids. No one knew where they had come from, but they were everywhere here on the asteroid belt. Carvings and carvings of what looked like it had to be said. There was no polite way of putting this. Vaginas. Vaginas. Huh. How could it be? This was on the fringes of the ancient Earth system, a less populated part of the system. But, but surely these figures had not been made by collisions with asteroids or comets or moons or spaceships. They did not follow the right formation for that. They looked like they had been made by people, by people and machines. With the discovery, rumors quickly began to fly. Ancient Earth humans, in their first colonization of the solar system, were matriarchal after all. At least some of them, some of them were. Some of them must have worshipped a female goddess. That's what some people said. Other claims were that the figures represented a brothel. That these vagina asteroids were places... Advertising a brothel, where sex could be obtained for a tired, randy spaceman at a reasonable cost, the opportunity for a little fun. Hmm. The truth was, as the truth often is, a little stranger than that, and a bit more ordinary at the same time. But there was much to learn about these early people who had colonised the solar system, Vaginas. Well, some people claim they weren't vaginas at all, but a metaphor. But a metaphor for what? said Smeagra. A metaphor for vaginas, that's what. Ton Stick laughed. He loved Smeagra. She was so outspoken. The two of them were making preparations for another exploratory visit. It would be Smeagra's women's group, and Ton Stick would accompany them because Smegra wanted it, and whatever she wanted always happened. Perhaps that was due to the strange blue electricity that she radiated from being brought up in Alpha Centauri's system. Everyone there had the blue electricity magnetism. Or perhaps it was just her. The analysis ship lowered into orbit carefully. Simigar was a wonderful pilot. She sensed the presence of the asteroids and lowered herself and the ship gently down onto the largest asteroid to make the report. Verksnam had the forms. She was in charge of bureaucracy. Nobody wanted to do that. But she was one of these people seemed to never mind just taking the worst jobs. For the first few minutes, the team ran around like crazy, exhilarated, um, just crazy people and then Tom's stick tripped over the huge labia. He fell on top of the shape and the women followed his example and soon they were all rolling around on the huge vagina. I love this, cried Tom. Me too, echoed me. I love you as well. The women groaned and Bimlet made vomiting noises. After the hilarity finished, they took the appropriate measurements for the 3D model and laid their hands on the rock vagina in a reconstructed ceremony that Smegra thought the ancient earth people may have followed in their worship. Back in the ship, looking at their information, Smegra was too interested uh, in, what, in what was coming out, out of those figures to take any notice of Tom's stick idea that they disappear into the back room together. He seemed to have become incredibly excited by his time on the huge vagina. The two women already in couples had disappeared into the sleeping quarters and the spaceship almost seemed to be rocking. Tom moaned, ''I can't help the way I feel about you. Something about that vagina has got me really excited.'' Smee laughed, ''I know, me too.'' ''But I can't help wondering why. I want to know more. There's a power, isn't there? What's causing it? Do you think it's the ancient religion?'' I don't know and I don't care. This is killing me, said Tonstick. No, look, look, there's something there. Smee zoomed in on the picture at the top point of the carving. What's that? What is that? Ton snared. It looks like a hole. I think it's a cave. Perhaps there's a religious chapel there. How come we didn't see it close up? Well, m- maybe it's disguised somehow. We were too excited to, to notice it at the time. Then a flash... The spaceships began to rock. Shrieking. Excitement. Fear. What's that? They're blowing it up. They're blowing up the vagina. They're blowing up all the vaginas, one by one. What? They're blowing up the vaginas. What? By Zeus, oh my living heavens. Smee cast at the purple ship weaving its way in and out of the asteroids. What's that? Who is that? What's going on? It's them It's them, it's the Vavils. They followed Tom. Oh no. The V-shaped ship fired our lilac orange purple beams at the vaginas, destroying them one by one, damaging the holy relics beyond repair. It was an act of archaeological vandalism. What's more, their ship was gonna be next. It was gonna be next. They were terrified. Tom was shaking violently. Verks threw herself at him and punched him. She started screaming, "It's you!" They followed you here. You led them here. I didn't. I would never. Smee pulled Verks off by the hair, kicked her to the floor, screaming. Bim was telling everyone to remain calm in a very unconvincing manner. Then, the viewing screen flickered, and suddenly the chief faval came into view. A gross, loud music, fanfared. His appearance. Ladies, ladies, he said sickeningly, his large forehead swelling into the screen. And Ton, I know you're there too. Oh, and as the last of the all-male groups, the Vavals, we are sworn to eliminate all relics of female religion. They are an abomination. They are an abomination to the universe. Men have been systematically eradicated from the human race for too long and we are fighting back. We are fight- Men are fighting back. The reasons for our reduction in numbers stem from the practice of venerating the female sex in olden times. These astronauts are the heart of this practice and the energy. We will destroy everyone. Every, every vagina asteroid will be destroyed. Mm. And I am allowing your ship to depart because you have Ton Stick and we have not forgotten him. That's the only reason. Smee began to curse and rail. How dare they? There were so many secrets of the ancient people. How, how are they ever going to find anything out? Not she began to speak. This is a place of ancient sluttishness, slut women. Yes, said said the um, the Vaval, yes, we are destroying it. Women should be well-behaved and subservient to men, not aggressive sluts. We will put the universe back to how it should have been all along. With men, with the Vavals dominant again, women will again give birth to male babies. We will stop the abortion of male children in favour of girls. The Vavals are back. The men are back. We are back. With that, the Vaval ship turned and sped towards the outer system, leaving a ruined black mess where the vagina once was. The women and Ton stood in shock. Smee led the foraging party out onto the surface to see what could be retrieved. Oh, what a crying shame! Virks was crying! Smee was fighting back the tears. At the top of the vagina, a hole had been blown open. The cave that was slightly revealed on the screen was now exposed, and a passageway deep into the asteroid opened up. Smee led the way down below. And there, beneath the surface of the asteroid, they found the mundane truth, the originals of those archaeological records that had disappeared in the great explosion. How and why the great vaginas had been carved into this cluster of the belt was about to be uncovered after so many millennia. From the filing cabinets, me and Virks pulled out discs and popped them in the ancient obsolete players. And as they watched and as they learnt, they acquainted themselves with the quotidian story. Artist Helen Welling had constructed the vaginas with an international earth team. She had received a huge grant from the Solar Arts Council for the work. The women listened. They discovered ancient methods of construction. They learned of the carving methods, the use of 3D model diggers, and discovered... The very interesting experiment with feelings of sexual excitement experienced by themselves lying on the vagina. And they were due to special nanobots inserted in the rock. They'd buried themselves into the top layer, where they'd lain dormant, and when activated by touch, began to vibrate with a very particular and startling sexual frequency. So with drooping shoulders and a spring in their step the team returned to the ship swearing to kick back at the vavels. In the papers they had new techniques, new methods new old techniques and methods that had been hidden for light years and Smead you, knew just what to do with that information. Come along she said, it's time we all had some fun. lump forearms so moony they could be by a porcelain manufacturer for holding a bow or pouring a pint with overtones of celery to increase your libido in a one-arm shift dress low-born and virginal she angles the low lantern taking money over to the till she goes tip-tap along the wooden stage and one for yourself says the foreman, turning round to his friend, shirt-sleeves, but only the classic half-swivel that says twice as much with half the movement. In comes a card-carrying sinner. Repent, or you in the deer park. She ignores his card-carrying demands for change, so he curses her. She will die at 42. 42. Polishing the dog ornaments and the copper pans to bang your head on. The motto engraved in onyx above the door. Louis was here. Marta in Manchester. Little baby squirrel breasts. She kept them in a jewelled bra. Took them in too small by far. Matahari is wanted by the council for her pole dance split scenes. Put that fag out. Can't have your sort round here. Regulation 119 screams. Madam, you are a spy. Matahari was framed. Madam, you will die. Oh, Matahari, tiger eye. Checking the club, going down the nick. Getting a load of everyone's Dutch imperial majesticness, giving it five times before breakfast. She'd fuck souls to impress. Kerb crawlers walk up here to get their eyes full of sexy harlot, ultraviolet pocking your cellulite, you're ripe for the pot shot. Line up, gentlemen, with your guns, a bullet for the lady. That was no lady, that was Marta Hari. She was hardly real. She was hardly human. Sex. Exotic. Band. Woman. Young Messalina. The snores. The old man is sleeping sloppy as the rain. When my veteran of dullness dozes and shakes, satin in the storm, I think of my arms, And legs My stomach Which is marble And true When he was young Pokey old houses here Were at war Mm. Dirty fighters Bombing our streets Leaving pits For us to jump over Mm. But I saw a violet By the puddle And brought it home Heaven knows I was born into this mess Pushed onto this Senior citizen Like a pretty girl Like Every proud Pretty girl Is sacrificed So the earth Keeps spinning and the news weaves tapestries. I am no bridge to happiness cause you fancy shooting your arrows at me. You seriously think I lock away the eternal fountain of renewal and you only have to turn the key to make me into a door. Rich wives can do what they want, divorce and win. I am pilloried for my silly affair with a boy who only used my affections because I was already married, therefore easy game, incorruptible. I want a new name, not his name, not my old name, something deserving of my palatine nipples and hot appetite. I'm going to call myself She-Wolf. Be hanged for the sheep, as I've already been whipped for the lamb. How dare they criticise me for not being virginal? when I have already been exhibited and sold, even though I was lavishly wrapped in the best gold wrapping paper. Hark! woo Hear them go! woo Wolves who build the city! woo Howling on the roofs of the factories, to the unpitying moon... They are my brethren. The anti marriage, the prison gang, barking at the black swans of the sky. He won't want me back. I'll make him hate me. I want him to hate me as much as I hate him for making me burn like this in disgust for the dowry of a spent generation. No more but in a woman. I am Cleopatra, running from club to breakfast, chased by the milk float, the blue of lapis running down my eyes, discovering my asp, drinking at the water sink, tongue rasp fiddling the drops, having left Antony wandering the streets of Manchester in disguise. The sources lie to you to make me lie down quietly. Yes, I was married to Caesar once. Who can deny I bore his son? Yet they're wrong. That that couldn't have been me in my leopard skin shimmer as I was in the desert dissolving pearls in vinegar to win my bet. Since you broke his nose, I have been standing outside the eternal flames of chariots. Fishnets and eyelashes batting away the attentions of Octavian. My modern friends vomiting slowly into the tunnels of Sunday morning. Oh, see the inimitable livers live. Ah, my noble girl, fair Aspirella, my purring jewel. I spread margarine on the toast with the stroke of death, gently parting and crunching. Smarting from my lover's pinch, swilling with ashes and grapes, listening to the cinders of ambiance in my dressing fluff with immortal longings on me. Mm-hmm. I am Cleopatra. pentapolar species, five sexes, five sexes, and in this story it's looking at a human child adopted in an encounter by this this species that has five sexes, it's by Diana L. Paxson and she talks about all societal roles are dependent on gender, at the top of the hierarchy are the ovulators who were also in charge of all religious affairs. Two types of inseminators handle arts, sciences and mercantile affairs. The host sex, except when actually carrying eggs, do most of the domestic and servile tasks in the community. The stimulators appear to be born in larger numbers than the other four sexes and are the warriors. Social structure of the species, sexually determined. So her hero, she imagines that the language will reflect this sexually determined social structure. That the language will retain traces of the sex role differences. She talks about how computer languages retain traces of the sexual differences that had been common in olden times here, and that the contemporary ship slang that is used on the future human ship shows scarcely any evidence of it. The hero is the ship linguist. Joe, brushing her heavy hair back from her face, and leaning forward to see better. See, she's wearing no jewelry. The Tana gets gifts from her mates at breeding time, but if they are poor, they have to sell them again afterwards. The next frame showed two together. These, Joe informed me, were a lanari and a Lenef. They were taller than the Tana. But otherwise much the same in form, the Linari being a little heavier in build than his companion. They wore clothes twisted around their midsections, which left all five legs free. This was followed by a picture, as short as the Tana, but very muscular and broad, with no clothing at all. I was not surprised to learn that this was a sardan, a host. Well, stories, there's a story here. Oh, is this, well, stories, there's a story, story. here. Story. This of a pentapolar five, five sexes species. Five, five sexes. Of five a pentapolar... Sixes. Species, five sexes, five sexes. I pressed the stud for the next frame. This must be a shinto, like the one who had befriended Joe. I examined it, trying to match it up with the heroic figures of the epics. It was formidable enough Core, well muscles with a spear in the top hand and a moulded corslet covering the torso. There was an emblem on it, a double pentangle of yellow with a red sphere in the centre. Annunciation. Mary woke up with a frog in her mouth. Shrieking, She tried to spit it out and discovered it was her own tongue. Revolting. Crawling over to the jug of cool water, she swore that she would never again sneak drink her uncle's wine store. She felt exceedingly grumpy. Lovely cool water. It slipped down. It slipped down nicely. Dizzy, she staggered back to bed. The moon was nudging the rumpled bedclothes. And for a moment, she thought she saw a figure sitting there on the bed, squatting, like a frog. Uh, She really did feel nauseous. Why did people drink? Gross. Just gross. Stomachache, she belched. That was better. Getting back into bed was like crawling into a pool of warm, welcoming light. (sighs) Hmm. She snuggled inside the living vibrations, wrapping it around her with a warm blanket and fell asleep again with the thought, the strange and not very nice thought, that something was worming and churning inside her. Uh, then followed the strangest dream. Strange dreams. Strange, strange indeed. Only an hour or so later, she woke up with a start. It, It was still the middle of the night. Mary, Mary, someone had been saying, whispering in her ear urgently. Mary, are you awake? Mary! (laughs) Oh, she didn't want to wake up. But, was she... what, what, What was the stranger doing in her room? She sat up suddenly, sweating and panting. In the doorway... A faint shape was hovering a few inches above the ground. It kept flickering as though it was going in and out of the room like a flame. Like like a a fire. As she stared at the shape, it became more solid, as if it was somehow connected to her concentration. Fizzing and puffing. Her jaw dropped slightly as she realised the shape was communicating with her. looking at me! Keep looking at me! So I can keep contact. I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something very important before I go. I can't stay on your planet much longer. What, what, What are you saying? It was coming back to her now. How a beautiful young man. She'd met him out of nowhere with scented jasmine curls. He'd smelled really good. And a wicked sense of morality had been at her side last night, encouraging her, drinking that wine with her. They had competed for chief wine slosher down the throat, down the neck. How how come the cloud, this light cloud sounded like him she focused her eyes crossing with the effort she would focus he if it was a he became a little more solid who are you she asked what, what's going on the features of the young man solidified in front of her in the cloud of light as she remembered I'm just a messenger Mary something happened to you last night didn't it She groaned. She was about to vomit. She did vomit. She felt a bit better. (sighs) Sweat clunked damply to her skin, but she felt fresher. Uh, But the room did not smell better. She'd have to clear that up quickly before her parents got up. The figure vanished in the smell of vomit. Just a voice. Mary! The voice was still there. Mary, help me. Think about me. I need to talk to you. It sounded close in her ear. I haven't much energy left. Uh, I'm sorry? She forced herself to ignore the smell of puked up wine and concentrate on the shape. It was probably all still a dream. She hoped so. Then she wouldn't have to clean up the sick. What is it? You're pregnant, said the figure. (laughs) What? Don't be stupid. I'm not, you know, I've not even done it. Or did something happen when I was wasted? Shit. No, don't panic. Not in the way you think. God sent me. God did. He sent me to pick someone and I chose you. (laughs) Me? Why why me? Uh, What? Oh, you were lots of fun. I liked you. I wanted to pick somebody, you know, first of all, I thought I'd pick somebody really, you know, good. But but you were good and fun. I thought that was even better. You're all right, Mary. (coughs) I thought you seemed nice and you've got a lovely body. Got a lovely body. So God will be happy with you. Oh, for God's sake, she lurched forward, I don't care, I really don't care, just go away. I'm going, but you know, I have to tell you first, this is great news for you. It's a win-win for both of us. (coughs) He kept coughing. I did my job. My boss is happy you've got a baby, which is what all women want. Nobody got hurt. Uh, what What do you mean I've got a baby? I mean you're up the doff, knocked up. You've got a special bun in your oven. In your cave there's a little bat fluttering. A little male bat. You're gonna be eating for two. I can see a little egg of yours moving right now down the tube. It's all got to be a bit speeded up you see, I'm, I'm just speeding things up before I go, because I've got to go. Mary placed her hands in front of her stomach, no, oh, no, oh. you can see in my womb, super gross. I feel even sicker, don't look, don't look, don't look in your own body, Get look in your own womb, get your own womb, get your spooky eyes out of my body. At least this is just a dream, she muttered to herself. Soon, this flickering light would go. She could go back to deep sleep. When she woke up, she would never drink again. And how do you know it's a boy? Oh, oh, don't... (laughs) No, 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 just don't tell me it's always a boy, she said to the dream light.
2: Fading, he said.
1: You're really blessed. He's not only a boy, but he's the messiah! He's come to change the world! Okay, will he make things better for women? Mary asked, as she felt the deep sleep overwhelm her. (gasps) Will we have a better cut of the cake because of him? Of course, the light said, and disappeared quickly.
3: Good womb, never been used. In original packaging, with seal intact. Any
1: takers? suitable for extraterrestrial. How does your garden grow? With silver bells, cockle shells, and. Well, there's something growing in there, Mary. Pronunciation, strange story, strange to think of it happening to you, somebody arriving telling you that you're pregnant. It doesn't seem like a real story, it's a legend, it only happens to people in these odd time zones that don't even seem to be related to the history of the world, but you can't help identifying with, with Mary. If, well, I couldn't as a young girl.
4: I made it through the wilderness Somehow I made it through Didn't know how lost I was Until I found you I was beat, incomplete I'd been had, I was sad Yeah, you made me feel shiny and new, like a virgin, touched for the very first time, like a virgin, when your heart beats next to mine, gonna give you all my fear is fading fast Been saving it all for you Cause only love can last You're so fine And you're mine Make me strong Yeah, you make me fall oh, Your love thought out Yeah, you a virgin Hey touched for the very first time Like a Virgin oh, oh, oh,
1: oh, oh Like a Virgin touched for the very first time but you actually you don't even notice So the father is the son, and the woman is the womb.
3: And why would women even want to have...
1: Virgin birth, the science. A woman cannot produce a son through virgin pregnancy, so Mary must have been a man to reproduce a boy. In that, she must have had a Y for one chromosome. Maybe secret twins, Mary, was two fused into one. Pythons, blacktip sharks, Komodo dragons, all of these have given birth as virgins too. There's many such species. And in the universities, in the genetic lab, healthy fertile mice are being born without a dad. This means even mammals can have a virgin birth. Perhaps it's not implausible for women here on Earth to have sons without having sex, without sperm without Ys, with chromosomes of only X, only Mm. X, only X. Time Mm. to hear a little Mm. bit about Mm. giving birth. Mm. Mm. I think it's time for the birth. I can feel it coming on now. The contractions at my waters have broken. The world has stopped.
0: All feeling has gone. This doesn't make sense anymore because I'm feeling too much. Any feeling is feeling too much. It's all over. The world has stopped. Then another round of feeling, like the wave, rises under the most recent, retreating wave. Each new wave is bigger and stronger. Any thought or agitation which lies outside feeling, outside the subject, object, mirror. Oh yes. Yeah. Baby. Starting to come. Eyes going, eyes knowing. Regular, spasms. regular spasms, regular spasms in there, no okay. end, each series, starting with a high rise and swing downward, each one more high rise and swing downward, wave after wave, as it, what's this it, moves towards the top, as if toward the neck of the vase, it crushes itself, opening up to room. Opening up sensation down this rabbit's hole. Open to being a rose until the nerves draw the flesh into pure nerves. These are the rhythms of the robbery. I was opening and opening to the point that I could touch in pure nerves. The spasms traveled all the way down the funnel until its bottom where there was an opening. My hole opened up into only opening. I don't think that this space that I was now in was my body. I wasn't in a body. Inside my body, I'm scared. What might happen gave birth this little animal without lining. In the foyer of the end of the world, there's
1: a little animal without language. Giving birth in a stable. Which animal ate the placenta? Most of them herbivores, but I'm sure one of them probably gave it a go.
3: I think that... I'm sure the pig would have, if there was a pig present, would have (laughs) had some share of it. Pigs (laughs) are apparently notorious for eating pretty much everything. Yeah. I don't think lived in those areas.
1: No, but, uh, but... this virgin birth is a strange story because we have this nativity. So in a way it happens in multiple countries all over the place because it's not a story that seems... It, it happens at a particular place but it also sort of multiplies and, and it multiplies into different cultures. It multiplies into different places and it changes and it, it, it takes on local characteristics. So maybe in... Some version of the story, Mary is in a place where there are hyenas, maybe in Ethiopia. She's, she's on a mountain and um, there's hyenas everywhere. The science students. Malky was fixing the teleport, which was whirring and thrumming badly. Chaldea floated over, bumping against his cloud. So, tell me the story again. How did this machine end up on Earth of all places? What a thing to happen. By accident? I I don't quite understand what, what happened. Silly Malky. Caldia spun around on a cloud and the universe spun with it. I I was with him. And you know, machines always go wrong for me. As Kennard had all the equipment with him, he decided to have a go at his project while he was there. He's running out of time for his examination. You know, we've got to have so much work in. So, let me tell you, when the human fell asleep, Malky just, just crept inside. She didn't notice. He did a bit of his genetic engineering, I don't know quite what it what it is he does. But, yeah, he made, the, he made the baby out of bits that she already had in her blood. He had to do quite a bit of work, though, apparently. Did you know this? There are only two sexes on Earth, not like us, and you need both to make a male baby. He thought there'd be less chance of her rejecting the baby if it was all made from her stuff, you know, from all her bits and uh, genes, so he took a bit of DNA and blood into the tele-lab, mucked around a bit and, and made a respectable-looking micromosome. So, you were with him? Mulky dropped the spanner and swore before swooping down to catch it between the asteroids. That's probably what broke it. I know. I just don't get on with machines. They don't get on with me. Anyway, I thought he ought to tell her. But you ought to tell her, really, don't you think? "'Something to prepare her for what she had to go through.' Oh, I felt so sorry for her, you know, Malky. "'She was living in this horrible, horrible room. "'She hardly had enough clothes to wear, "'and it's too cold for humans without their clothes. "'You should have seen how horrible it is for them. "'I feel so sorry. <sighs> "'No wonder you're into social sciences. "'You're far too soft. "'Who cares about their miserable lives?' <laughs> Aren't I beautiful today? Chaldea spun the cloud again. Woo, woo, Look at my spangling. The cloud flicked on and off in pale blue and pale pink lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you're lovely. Yeah, especially you. Absolutely lovely. OK, so when she woke up, you told her. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah, I just said that Canard... She didn't know who he was, but, you know. Had come in the middle of the night and given her a baby. Hadn't really done anything to her. You know, none of that, you know, sex stuff. But it was going to be really nice. And the baby was going to be really special. And she was really lucky to be part of our genetic engineering program. And if this went well... Told her she was part of something really important. It would be the start of something very big. I told her how she was helping us make universal science history. I think the translator program worked really well on it. She kept nodding. She looked quite serious, quite pale. I I thought she was quite sweet, really, lovely big brown eyes. She kept looking at my cloud. She liked my cloud and saying she'd never seen anything so beautiful. She was very, very polite. That's it. Malky wobbled the door. It shouldn't break now. Fixed. What did you want it for? Are you going back to earth? Oh, you're so clever, Malky. Now Kenan can go and pick up pick up the baby later on, after he's dead, I think, and, and check on his body in the lab. Thanks, Malky. You're an angel. Like, what makes a good mother? What is a good mother? Can you be a good mother straight away? Who is this baby? What is this baby? is, is a baby not, in a way, an alien life form. parasites
3: y- that lives inside your body. Taking nutrients.
1: Feeding off you. And, and it's just your hormones that trick you that it's okay.
3: Feeding from your blood. And you want this baby to be
1: well. That's a good mother wanting the baby to be well, that's what we call a good mother. But it's not always easy to reconcile that with your sense of who you are, with your own identity, an independent entity, an independent creature since you were born.
3: And now this small being has no agency and you are responsible.
1: You are responsible for that creature inside you that isn't actually you but it's connected to you in many ways.
3: It's wholly dependent on you for sustenance, for life.
1: It's, it's exciting, it's mysterious and freaky but it's also terrifying and can be depressing. It's um, not always easy or straightforward, it doesn't happen in the storybook ways birth itself is a traumatic it's a traumatic experience for the mother as well as for the baby split apart as as this creature comes out between your your legs it's um, it's beyond a science fiction story
3: and the presumption is that as a mother you should be absolutely besotted with your child and if you aren't there's something clinically wrong with you
1: but how you've never seen this baby before this creature and there it is suddenly yes you've been carrying a baby inside you and if the hormones are on your side then yeah you that helps that's obviously key to how you're going to behave but if say there's something wrong just with your hormones in the sense of wrong but not not enough for something you might find that it's not so easy to make that adjustment because it is in some ways not It's it's an impossible adjustment. There's no creature, then there's a creature, then you're supposed to love the creature.
3: And I presume there's a little bit of added pressure if your presumption about this creature has further greatness associated with it or beyond your time with it.
1: Yes, fortunately I didn't give birth to the Messiah, so I didn't have those issues.
4: and overshadowed by fear uh, I'm
1: not being nosy about your damn top secret work I'm concerned with some blizzards and maybe some Russians who won't like what you're doing People get killed detonating. I don't have, have camps duty. full of Russians around to screw up my charges. Her brow had furrowed and her chin was set defiantly. Okay, okay, I'll knock it off. He'd realized that she'd related as much as she could and that further baiting would be futile. I learnt what I wanted to know anyway. What the hell am I worrying about? International conflict overshadowing the science fiction story writing in the post war period.
2: Fear and tension. David the you hey.
1: A frightening crisis the future history, an intense drama of human relationships, a double threat The growing restlessness of the pacifists. The growing consciousness of the daughters in a male-dominated society. The city people called them vermin. When the people of peace were sent there, 60 years later, they found they were not welcome. One-way spaceships, not welcome. Thank you from the news agents. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.